0: everyone happy Tuesday um, I'm super excited this morning because uh, I wanted to talk to you about fasting and then it totally flowed in with today's daily bread along with some other stuff that I've learned along the way that I want to share with you so in that I've kind of been preparing and I'm like oh, I am just really. excited. Um, Today is a it was a very beautiful day. This morning I woke up and the Sun was shining. Um, I went for my walk and it was just so bright and crisp and there was dew right across the grass so it was super beautiful and then it got cloudy again. So. We'll see what today holds. Hopefully some more rain because I would rather have the natural rain on my garden than actual city water because um if most of you don't know, city tap water contains chemicals in it. The filtering system itself filters the water with chemicals and then they add chemicals such as uh chlorine and ammonia those are two for sure that they actually add to our water. Oh, and uh, fluoride. Uh, Fluoride is a toxin that um, basically dumbs us down. We slowly, you know, toxins deteriorate our body. And I have found that tap water, although it's not going to kill you right away, those toxins in small amounts slowly deteriorate your inside organs the your body um they're not good for us and over time we become sick and just slow and tired and bogged down and it's because our body is trying to Uh, Heal from us every day taking in toxins. So uh, I'm just going to say I would definitely read what is within your tap water because I know I've gotten the report from our city tap water and it's actually just crazy scary the things that they stick into our tap water and they openly say, yeah, we, we add these and there's even some chemicals. They told me at the city there are some chemicals they don't even list on the list Of the report that um, we're supposed to get uh, within our community. So that's something definitely do some research on. I've done a lot of research on our city water so I do not drink anything but spring and distilled. Those are supposed to be the ones that have had all the no toxins added but all the natural purities uh, that we need. So I want to talk to you about fasting. And yesterday I had my cup of tea, which I always have honey. I absolutely love honey. Um, I've cut out all unnatural sugars, such as fructose, which if any of you don't know, fruit, fructose syrup is not recognized within the brain. Uh, uh, so we don't know where we're full when we eat foods that have this in it. And if you start reading the labels of many of our items, um, most of our foods that are processed have fructose uh corn syrup in them. Uh I don't even have anything processed in my home. So I I would really have to search and dig to find you something to show you the label, but I guarantee start pulling out your spaghetti sauce's can, start pulling out um any of your granola bars, start pulling out your cereals, start reading your labels. That sugar is not recognized in the brain to let us know we're full. So we continue to eat it. And um, sugar itself uh, rewards us. We get rewarded in our brain for eating sugar. Um, Just as uh, a substance abuse will trigger a reward system in our brain and release dopamine. I'm going to show you how sugar works. Um, Because I decided yesterday when I got up. I love honey and I use a lot of honey in my home. And I realized that I use a lot of honey. Like I bought a gallon sized honey container and in two and a half weeks, it's half gone. And I'm gonna show you, so you believe me. (laughs) This is the container of honey that I bought. This is unrefined raw honey. And it's raw, these granulated crystals down there are just absolutely delicious. I actually heat honey by the spoonful. I will sit and eat a couple spoonfuls of honey while I'm making my tea. I use it in other things if I'm making oatmeal. I drink a lot of tea in the day, but I use a lot of honey to sweeten it. And I realized yesterday that I need to fast. Um, I just got done fasting from meat, and I usually fast for a week. I pick something that I suddenly feel like I'm just needing or it's weighing me down. Like meat, I felt like it was weighing me down. This week, I feel like I've I've been taking too much sweet. And so yesterday I decided for seven days, no sugar, no honey, no nothing, nothing that contains honey or any type of sugar. Um, so that means drinking my tea plain, which is, uh, oh right, I guess. And I realized yesterday I started craving it. I could crave that I wanted just to lick a spoon of sugar. And so I know I'm doing the right thing by fasting. And fasting is very important. Fasting, when we need something in our day, when we feel like we need to have something to live, like I felt like I really needed honey. I need certain things. Well, it's time for me to fast. It's time for me to get that that need out of my system. And that desire of fasting in that way comes from my addiction. I needed alcohol and I hated that pull, that tug, that need. I will never in my life forget that feeling when my body was physically addicted to alcohol. Not even that I choose to drink, but the fact that my body was like had to have it or it caused me grief, depression, it controlled my emotions. I'll never forget that feeling. And I will never, never allow something to control me that way again, ever. So yesterday I said, okay, we're done. We're going to go a week without honey. I can do this. God has got me and he does. It's it's good. But in that, I want to show you what I've learned during my counseling um, about how food or substances or certain things reward us and they can and and it can lead us in the wrong direction when we cope in life and re- reward ourselves with things such as eating food and we make that the reward um, we'll crave eating more and this is how it works please mind my drawing okay this is the brain and this is called the reward pathway now this was taught to me by uh, one of my counselors. She's absolutely amazing. She did a huge two poster drawing and I took a picture of it and I saved it on my phone because she was very detailed in how she explained how this worked. And it just opened my eyes to, wow, that's why I like sweets. That's why I like we get triggered to do something. Um, so what happens is say I drink the tea honey, it goes and I'm drinking it and I'm enjoying it. It goes into here, which is my prefrontal cortex. And it goes down here and it triggers my motivation in good directive, which is the nucleus accumbens. And then down here, it goes to the ventral tegmental area, which is the dopamine production area. This is where we produce dopamine. And depending on what we do that we've created to produce that such as my intake of sugar sugar will trigger this constantly alcohol used to trigger this for me it used to trigger the feel good I would feel good and I knew it because I would get up in the morning and I would have to have a drink and then I would feel good like once that drink went down my throat I remember waiting for the feeling of just and I relaxed like I stopped having this and I was able to relax and I felt better and uh, that's because I got it and it went down and it released that dopamine. Now in a substance abuse uh, addiction when you do that you will mess with the dopamine chemical where it'll stop releasing it like with alcohol it just kind of numbed me and eventually there was no more feeling good it was just constant like i just had to be fully intoxicated or blacked out because it was no longer working for me i'm not sure mentally how it works for other drugs but i know for me it just was no longer working in theory with like methamphetamines it over it overstimulates that so you can never have enough and you're always 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 trying to chase that upper 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 and so that um and where it was motivation or good direction that miscalculated me because when you take a substance and it goes through the reward pathway and you're doing something negative to your body and you're rewarding your body for it, motivation and good directive. Like I was turning my brain backwards by rewarding myself with a toxin, with alcohol. Now, when it comes to like sugars and stuff, when everything in our food is got some kind of sugar in it, when you really think about it, in the Western world, in our United States, we are um a country that is processed food almost every single thing has sugar in it compared to other countries and i've been doing the research other countries that have fresh fruits fresh meats they freshly do everything they don't have all this processed stuff they don't have the jugged orange juice they don't they don't drink a lot of milk they don't sit it's all fresh they don't buy farm grown fish it's all cut fresh. And so when we're sitting here and we're eating and this sugar, which releases the dopamine and all the food has sugar in it, everything we eat releases this dopamine, which is the feel good. So every time we eat, we feel good. Everything we eat, we feel good. So snacking feels good, eating dinner feels good. So then certain before you know it, You become mindless in your eating. And I have done this where I am eating all the time. I have to have a snack in my purse. I have to have a snack in the house. I have to have a snack in between meals where I'm just snacking while I'm making dinner. I can't just go from meal to meal to meal. And I became that way at some point in time where food was so rewarding to me. I was just snacking. I was just grazing through the day. And that was my excuse. Like, I'm just grazing through the day. And that is unhealthy for our brain, for us to do that because we're constantly, constantly making that habit and it takes 21 days to form a mental, physical, and emotional habit. Um, I am creating a circular habit of needing that food to feel good. So when I am without food, then I'm needing it. I'm craving it I'm mentally thinking about it needing it it becomes a need and a want and many people will admit yeah I do have that feeling you know um, but is it worth doing anything about the choice is yours it truly is a choice for me I've become so I don't want to say obsessed but I am I am a little bit like I don't want something to have that much control over my brain. I don't want to lose control like that, whether it's a substance or food or anything, because it's the little things that lead into big things. I let go and pretty soon I'm just eating all day, losing control and you know, who knows? Like I like knowing that I understand my body, how it works and what the what I'm putting into it is very important to me now, because I have been so destructive. You know, and feeling rewarded for eating and feeling rewarded for drinking and feeling rewarded for putting things in our body that isn't healthy, isn't a healthy mental habit to put into our brain. I mean, we're doing this to the nervous system in our brain. This isn't, this is a system. And when we reward our body and we make a habit of this system, that it comes from food, you know, we're taking away from other things in life, such as purpose and accomplishments and enjoyment from families. And I, I have to say, for me, this is why I struggled adjusting to finding enjoyment in just life itself, because I had rewarded myself so long with alcohol, with, uh, you know, food, with everything else, but learning how to be in my life, that when it actually came time to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. It took time for my body to adjust, to reset that reward system into, okay, I'm going to release dopamine. And you know what now releases it? <clears throat> the things I do, the purpose I serve, serving my children, making them breakfast, talking to him. Last night, I spent a lot of time with my son watching him in his Minecraft world. He keeps building more and more and more and he keeps updating it and making it better and and just more cool, I guess. And I sat there and it just, I could feel just the happiness in me. And that is because I have reset my brain to enjoy what is in front of me without having to put something in me. And so I can joy be with my children and being with my children now releases this dopamine and it now motivates me to do it more. I'm motivated to get up and cook my children breakfast. I'm motivated to spend time with them because it feels good. It feels good to do good things in this world. It feels good to go to church. It feels good to serve others in my community. Um, it feels good to go for bike rides. Those things are the things we should be rewarding our body with. Those are the things we should be putting in this reward system, not food, sugar, and all of those things. So read your labels. Start realizing that we're putting stuff in our bodies that you know that is, is really toxic in the long run. So I hope that inspires you guys to think about fasting. Fasting has been, I love it. Like I fast at least once a month for seven days from something. And this month it's been twice. So I don't know. I really enjoy the challenge and that's how I look at it now is it's a challenge for me. I like to challenge myself to know that I can. So that folds into today's daily bread, uh, um, which is sweeter than honey um and the verse of the day is from proverbs sixteen twenty four. gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones and this is true when somebody speaks with true loving words especially from the bible especially from the holy spirit when i can feel the holy spirit speaking through somebody there is nothing more um, just intoxicating. I am just, I can't stop listening because I know that God is speaking to me through this person and I just wanna hear what it is he's saying and its it goes directly to my soul and it feeds my soul and it's just like, it tastes like having a spoonful of honey which sounds really good right now. <laughs> so the story is, His topic was racial tension, yet the speaker remained calm and collected. Standing on stage before a large audience, he spoke boldly, but with grace, humility, kindness, and even humor. Soon, the tense audience visibly relaxed, laughing along with the speaker about the dilemma they all faced, how to resolve their hot issue, but cool down their feelings of words. Yes, how to tackle a sour topic with sweet grace. King Solomon advised the same approach for all of us. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. In this way, the heart of the wise make their lips promote instruction. Why would a powerful king like Solomon devote time addressing how we speak? because words can destroy. During Solomon's time, kings relied on messengers for information about their nations, and calm and reliable messengers were highly valued. They used prudent words and reasoned tongues, not overreacting or speaking harshly, no matter the issue. We can all benefit by gracing our opinions and thoughts of godly and prudent sweetness, in Solomon's words, to humans belong the plans of the heart, but from God comes the proper answer of the tongue. What is your way of speaking when talking about a hot div di, a hot topic? I can't pronounce this word. When you allow God's spirit to sweeten your tongue, what changes in your words? Our holy God, when we speak on hard topics, soften our hearts and words with your sweet spirit. This is absolutely beautiful because I I just, I know words are powerful. Our words are seeds. Jesus came and showed us by example that words are seeds and we plant them in one another. And how do you plant them? It's so important. It's not just who we're planting them to. We are the seed planters. We must be mindful of how we are planting these seeds and what we're planting, is it important? I just saw a post the other day and it was this guy posting this funny meme about this two year old was sitting, flipping the bird with a rainbow behind him and it was using the meme like me talking to my friends when they try to bring up something. And I asked him, why are you supporting something that showcases children to use this type of derogatory uh, language, why are you supporting it? And it was an honest question. I wasn't attacking him, but in my words, it was asking him really, is this funny for parents to allow their children to be used such a way? Is this funny for a parent to teach their children this this is okay? Why are you supporting this? And he said, I don't know. And I go, thank you for your honesty. Because we need to be more aware that these things aren't funny. These things aren't funny to promote. We're promoting um, bad behavior, and we're justifying it by laughing because it's a cute meme. That it's not hurting anybody. But yet it is. We're teaching our children this is okay, and our children are the future. Like, we have to be proactive in what we think is funny for our children to learn from us because they're going to do as we do, not as we say. So words are powerful. Now, when you're talking in a large crowd and you're trying to get a point across, you have to understand both sides. And speaking with sweetened words is understanding both sides. Um... The point is never to be right, and that usually is what And how do I put this as an example? Say something frustrates me about somebody, something that I have to do, a boundary I have to set, I have to do this, and you know what? At the end of the day, it is I that has to soften how I approach the topic. And I haven't always been perfect in the way I've handled things. I've handled things very emotionally, um, very abruptly, um, very not probably the best way, but I've learned over time that grace um, and love uh, can overcome um, the anger and it can actually dissipate uh, the tension in the room. You know, when I actually come across honest, honest and with understanding for the other side it has dissipated that tension that gets, I can feel it within my soul because my tension is gone. And that's where it starts when we're speaking sweet words and using that to talk amongst a group and there's tension. If you are tense, the crowd is gonna be tense. Other people are gonna be tense. If you are in a, a, a communicative engagement with somebody else, if you're arguative, they're gonna be arguative. If you're tense, they're gonna be tense. So it begins with self. We have to be the ones when we are communicating to be like, you know what? I surrender to understanding and I surrender to having grace that, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'm not always right, but we're trying to reach a point, not who's correct. And so, I, I believe that like our words are seeds and it's so important that we start planting sweet positive seeds in the mind of our children in the mind of others in the mind of others struggling now when I uh, am involved in a group and I've been to jail with people that have been looked down on the world probably thinks they're nothing and I In jail my mind was changed and my heart posture was changed by God I got to know these people and understand that they're not bad people they were coping as well and they came from bad pasts and struggles and they just did what was easiest to do to feel better to reward themselves and release some of that dopamine because they didn't they weren't taught how to enjoy things they weren't taught how to enjoy life they weren't given a life by their parents to enjoy they came from very toxic backgrounds and so when it comes to negative people we have to have compassion and understanding there was a young man who Uh, a week or so back he must have had 50 comments underneath my video and a lot of it was derogatory and it was very negative and uh, I was not offended because when I saw him later on because I don't read the comments as I'm doing these and I don't uh, you know because I want to stay focused in what is coming through me Um. When I read it, I could actually see there was a struggle inside of him because he wasn't attacking me. He was reflecting himself and how he felt. And later on, and mind you, (laughs) most of these people that are on my Facebook, they get angry, they have befriended me because they're in search of God. And they leave those comments because they have been conflicted by the holy spirit in what i'm saying and now their soul is or they're irritated because they're hearing something and they they don't understand it hopefully this continues to continues going because it's saying having trouble playing the video anyway so he left these comments and i later went on his page and to find out he's come he comes from a struggling background and he struggles. He struggles from bad parenting, from a toxic environment right now. And in that, I'm glad that I have a heart of grace, because I truly did see that he was reflecting himself. And I hope this inspires you to look at people who are negative in your life and realize they're just reflecting themselves and that our words can be either sweet honey to their soul or they can be death that spirals them further into negativity. So do you want to be the light? Do you want to be the honey? Or do you want to be the death? Because our tongue can do either one. I love you guys and you have a wonderful day. (sighs) Try to think about what you can do outside yourself and maybe the way you can respond to negative people. We have to be the change in our world, us, ourselves, the one who recognizes that there's negative. Yes, we have to make the hard choice and be the bigger person and we have to see beyond the veil of anger. The mask that they put up, the self-defense, the negativity that we have to put up, we have to see beyond that and see the pain and the struggle. And maybe they just need that one positive word, that spoonful of honey, to maybe soften them up to feel a little bit like they do matter. Because sometimes that negative person may have lived their whole life never having experienced that they were important, that they did matter. And that is true. I have been that person that spent a long of my lifetime feeling like I didn't matter. And so now, knowing that I do, I wanna make sure that I'm that person that lets other people know that they do matter. Because we do, we were all created equally by God. I love you guys, have a great day, God bless.